recorded live. Nobody like Jesus. Nobody like Jesus. There's no one like Jesus. No, no, no. That's why we love to sing your praises. Nobody like Jesus. There's no one like Jesus. No, no, no.
First Peter chapter four with a very special focus on verse five. From the New International Version, our scripture reads But they will have to give account 
to him who is ready to judge and the dead. But they will have to give account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. Capital A. We must give account. Let us pray. Father, in Jesus' mighty name, thank you today, Father, for another beautiful day that you have made. Thank you, Father, for the privilege, the ability to be able to experience it. Thank you, Father, for allowing our spirits, our earthly human spirits to remain in our bodies one more time. This is a new day, Father, a day that has never existed before. Everyone who saw yesterday did not get to see today, but you have saw fit for us to see. This is the day that you have made. We are rejoicing and we are glad in it. We pray, Father, that you will speak into our hearts and minds today. We want our daily bread. We understand that man does not live by bread, natural bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. We want our word today from you, Father. We want our our daily bread. Speak, Father. May we echo your words to your creation throughout the four corners of the earth, that your people, uh, wherever they may be, whenever they may be, may they be edified, encouraged, strengthened, Some souls even saved at the preaching and teaching of your word. This is our prayer. We count done in Jesus' mighty name. We pray. Amen and amen. As we look at 1 Peter chapter 4, we're talking about living for God. Now, uh, it's important. God says, I didn't just say talking for God. Preaching for God. I didn't just say studying for God. But the scripture talks about, Peter talks to us, the apostle Peter talks to us about living for God, how God wants your life. He wants my life. If you wonder what do God want, he wants your life. He wants you to basically trade your little life that he has given you for eternal life. Give him this little time that you have in this life, and God said, I give you eternal life. What, what, what's the problem? What's the problem? You know, I, my spirit kind of goes to uh, some of the, the places that, that God has allowed us to visit. Some of these uh, resorts, you know, that the church is able to go to, they ask for a little down payment. And they say, all right, you know, in essence, you give us, you know, $99, we'll let you spend uh, four days, three nights in this plush accommodation. Accommodation, which normally costs $300 a night, we'll let you come spend three nights in it for $99. Now, if you don't believe that, ah, I don't believe that, I don't believe so, you don't take that deal, then you will miss out on on the deal. You'll miss out on, on, on what's being offered because you felt like maybe it was too good to be true or you felt like there was a catch. or you know, And see, that's why some people miss out on salvation. They feel like, ah, I don't believe, I don't believe, you know, it's got to be a catch. Well, there is a catch. The catch is that you got to the catch is that you got to surrender this life to God. That's the catch. You've got to you've got to give over lordship of your life, which is if you're not saved, which is really Satan, and you got to give it to God. What's 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 wrong with that? Just like there's a catch in order for us to go and spend, you know, four nights and four 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 days and three nights in some of these places, the catch is we got to we got to give them our our uh bank card number. 
You know, we got to give them a hundred dollars or ninety nine dollars or whatever. We got to. We got. That's the catch. So there is, in fact, a catch in Christianity. You got to confess with your mouth. You got to believe in your heart, the Lord Jesus, and that God raised him from the dead. You got to give over the control of this life from Satan and give it to God, living for God. Well, look at First Peter chapter four, verse one. Therefore, since Christ suffered in His body, now there's another catch. There's a, there's a few things that you need to be aware of uh, in this thing called Christianity. One is that you're gonna suffer. Now, that's just a part of it. Now, God said, if you don't want to suffer, then Christianity is not for you. You're going to have to go through some things that you don't want to go through. You're going to have to experience some things that you don't really want to experience. You're going to have to hurt in some ways you really didn't want to hurt. You're going to have to take a look at some truths that you maybe really didn't. Just, therefore, since Christ suffered in his body, watch this, arm yourself with the same attitude. Well, what was Christ's attitude? Christ's attitude was that there was some suffering that was going to have to take place in order for people to be saved. So Christ's attitude was that somebody's got to die, namely me, in order that, that, that humanity or that men and women might have a right to eternal life. So Christ's attitude, somebody got to go through something very, very bad in order for somebody, in order for others to experience something very, very good. Well, that should be our attitude. Sometimes you, you need to understand you've got to go through some things that are very, very bad to get to some things that are very, very good. Arm yourself with the same attitude. Watch this, because he who has suffered in his body is done with sin. As a result, he does not live the rest of his earthly life for evil human desires. You say, Apostle, what are you trying to get us to understand? God is willing to do whatever it takes to get me and you to stop living our life for evil human desires. And do whatever you got to do, because that's what, that's what God wants. He wants you and I to stop living our lives for evil human desires. We got all kind of evil human desires. These are lusts of the flesh, all of us. We got, we got them. We got them. In other words, stuff we want to do that God don't want us to do, stuff we want to be, and it's called evil human desires. So God said, look, suffering will help you doing that stuff that you desire evilly. Suffering will help you stop. It will help you stop. It will help you put that down, help you leave that alone. But rather, the Scripture says, for the will of God. So God wants to bring us out of evil desires and bring us into the will of God. Bring us out. We're still talking about we've got a date with the king. So that God said, look, when you stand before me, you won't have to be trying to explain a bunch of craziness. You won't have to be trying to explain a bunch of sin, which there is no explanation for, children of God. Our sin, the only explanation for our sin is just that we just didn't do what God said. That, that's it. Don't, don't try to justify it. Don't try to make it look like it, it, it's called rebellion or it's just called sin. And God says to us as children, because he's talking now to the church, he says, for you, verse 3, have spent enough time in the past doing what pagans or those who don't believe in the true and living God. God said, you, you, did, you did some of the same stuff. God said, you spent enough time in time past. You, you say, Apostle, what are you trying to get us to understand? Whatever time you, there's a time for sin. It's, understand this. There is a what? Time for sin. It's called when you're not saved. That's your time for sin. Just like it's a time for, for in a frog's life 
for him to be basically kind of living like a fish. That's called his tadpole stage. But once he moves into his frog stage, he can't, he can't just stay underwater all the time. He can't just be living like a fish. He can go underwater and spend a lot of time there, but he got to come up and get some air. He got to come up and get some air. You know, that in, a, in a butterfly's life, there was a time when he crawled around all the time. That was called his caterpillar stage. But now that he has become a butterfly, it's more flying time now. I want to encourage you, child of God, it's flying time now. It's flying time. As children of God, it is flying time for us. not time for us to be crawling around in our caterpillar stage. And this caterpillar stage was our unsaved stage. God said, look, you had to spend enough time in time past doing what pagans choose to do, living in debauchery. Very extreme sin. We get a definition for every one of these, these things. Debauchery is very extreme sin. Lust, fleshly, evil desires, drunkenness, excess of alcohol, orgies, multiple sexual partners, Carousing, adultery, putting the adultery, putting before God, whatever it is, whoever it is, when you put it before God, you have moved into adultery. Scripture says now this is what pagans choose to do on a right now. Not here's the thing, children of God. Not that 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 as children of God, we don't sometimes fall into these lusts of the flesh. But the difference is. You know, our lifestyle should not be characterized by these things. The Bible says even though a righteous man may fall seven times. You know, and this is not all the sins there are. These are just some that are, are, true, that are, that are mentioned. Well, understand that all unrighteousness is sin. So anytime we don't do what God said, God's got a very simple word for it. It's called sin. Now, pagans' lifestyles are characterized by this. As children of God, ours should not be. You know, this is why we ask God for forgiveness on a daily basis for some aspect of the sin that we have fallen into. Father, you know, we ask him to forgive us of our, our debts, forgive us of our trespasses, as we forgive those who are indebted or who trespass against us. The Bible says, they think it strange that you do not plunge with them into the same flood of dissipation. Now, when people don't know God, this is, how, this is how they live. This is how they operate. This is how they roll. Now, when they see you and I, child of God, trying not to do these things or not doing these things, they, they think something's wrong with us. You mess around and, and, and go spend time in a crack house with a bunch of folk that's smoking crack, and you in there talking about, nah, no, no thanks, none for me. They're going to think something's wrong with you. You mess around and go to an orgy. A whole bunch of folk having sex with everybody all over everywhere. You still got your clothes on. Talking about, no, no for me. They're going to think something's wrong with you. Why? Because they have plunged into this flood of dissipation. Now, when you start talking about dissipation, when you start talking about things dissipating, what, what God brings to my mind is leaving the, the door open in your vehicle. Very hot day. You got the air conditioner on in the vehicle. It's very cool in there. Somebody get out and leave the door open. What's the first thing you holler? Close the door. Why? Because what are you doing? You're allowing the environment that we've created in here, the cool environment, to dissipate. In other words, you're letting the cool air out and you're letting the, the hot air in. Close the door. So dissipation is when you are letting out what needs to be kept in 
and you are allowing in what needs to be kept out. So when you talk about a flood and when they think it's strange that you not plunge with them into the same flood of dissipation, they letting out stuff that they should have kept in. They should have kept in their chastity. They should have kept in, you know, when you got individuals that are drunk, they should have kept their sobriety. They should have kept that in, but they letting out. And so now when you let out what, what should be in, normally you end up letting in what should be out. So they, they think it's strange. You, you, you got, we live in a generation where people just think, it, think it's strange. You don't plunge. Understand that, that, that uh, uh, um, all sin is a, is a form of dissipation. All sin is a form of dissipation. Now, but here's the thing. We don't want to get to the place where we start celebrating sin where we start feeling like sin is something to be boasted about, like Romans chapter 1 talks about. You know, Romans chapter 1 talks about how, you know, uh, let me run here very, very quickly. Look at, look at Romans chapter 1, verse 32. And what the Lord has in my mind now is, God said, Robert, I, I'm still very upset with the laws that have been passed in the United States regarding uh, same-sex marriage. I'm telling you all out there now. You all think it's cute. You all think it's some great, uh, you know, almost civil rights type move. God is very upset with that. Now, look at what Romans chapter 1, verse 32 says. This, now, God, after he's talking about how, you know, individuals would be um, filled with all kinds of evil and wickedness and how God would give individuals, verse 26, would give individuals over to shameful lust. See, all same-sex marriage is, it's, it's a sign of reprobation. Go ahead on and get that down. It's a sign. And even for our leaders to approve of same-sex marriage, it's a sign of reprobation. Now, reprobate is where God has turned you over. God has basically allowed you to basically kill yourself in sin, allowed you to, to do the most heinous, the most uh, abominable acts. He just, go, look at verse 26. Because of this, God gave them over to shameful lust. It's when God just gives you over. You know, it's about like what the prodigal son's father had to do with that boy. Boy didn't want to listen, didn't want to follow the father's instruction, didn't want to stay on. Father was like, well, then go ahead on then. Go on out there, since can't nobody tell you nothing. Kill yourself in sin, if that's what you choose to do. Don't run just as hard as you want to run in your craziness. Go ahead. So God, the Bible says even their women exchange natural relations for unnatural ones. Meaning that, you know, look at verse 27. In the same way, men abandoned natural, natural relations with women. Yeah, they just abandoned, they don't even want to sex with the women. Like the men in Sodom and Gomorrah. Remember, Lot offered his daughters. Lot was like, look, y'all go ahead on and gangbang my daughters. Do whatever you want to do with them, but don't have sex with the men. The men was like, nah, nah, we don't want the daughters. We want the men. And that's what's happening today. The Bible says there's nothing new under the sun. 
You got men saying, nah, nah, nah. We don't want to have no sex with no woman. We want to have sex with a man. So, so in the same way, men abandoned natural relations with women and were inflamed with lust for one another. Men committed indecent acts with other men and received in themselves the due penalty for their perversion. Now, you're going down to verse 32, see, because that's what we've got to keep in mind. It's perversion. I don't care what the government say. I don't care what they sign. I don't care who, how many of you all out there start thinking, yeah, yeah, it's good for, uh, the, it's perversion. It's perversion, period, point blank, simple. All right? Just like now, God said to Robert, just like any sin, sin is perversion. Adultery is perversion. Fornication is perversion. Lying is perversion. Stealing is perversion. Greediness is so. So understand, all unrighteousness is perversion. Perversion, when something is perverted, that means it's twisted. It's twisted. All right, now, now, you say, Apostle, what, what do we need to do? Keep in mind that sin is perversion and that, you know, we need to be ashamed of sin, not glorifying or glorying in sin. Now watch verse 32. The Bible says, although they know God's righteous decree. In other words, they know. You, know, you all out there, you know what God has said about stuff. It says, that those who do such things deserve death, says they not only continue to do these very things, watch this, but also approve of those who practice. Now, that's what we don't want to fall into. We don't want to continue in sin. We don't want to approve of those who are committing sin. We want, our, our goal is to stop sin, and our goal is to disapprove of sin wherever we see it. That's our job as, as children of God. When we, start, when we start continuing in sin, it leads to us approving of sin. It leads to us becoming cheerleaders on the sideline for those involved in sin. And that's what has happened in the country. Many, many of you all out there, you don't you become a cheerleader now. You, you, you're a champion for the gay cause. No, I ain't no champion for the gay cause. I disapprove of it. I ain't no champion for the, for the uh, 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 fornication cause or the drunkenness cause. No, no, we disapprove. We disapprove. Because it is wrong. Come on, let's get ready to close out. So we got dissipation. We got this generation. We got individuals that are plunging into a flood of dissipation. But God says, but they will have to give an account. But they will have, in other words, all the orgies, all the drunkenness, all the debauchery, all the sin. God said, you have to give an account. You have to give an account. You have to explain why you was doing that, and you knew I told you not to do it. God said, you have to explain. You have to give a what we say an account was. You have to give a reason. You have to give a cause. You have to give a motive. You have to give an explanation for why God said, why are you doing that? When I told you not to do. It. it says, but they will have to give an account. To him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. Now, understand, you got two types of people, living and dead. Living is, you know, you look at those who are connected with Christ, who are born again. We're living. Those who are not connected with Christ, they're considered dead already. God said, I'm judged both. I'm ready to judge the living. 
I'm re- God said, I'm ready to judge my children. I'm to judge the devil's children. I, for this reason, and says, look, but they will have to give an account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. Watch this. For this is the reason the gospel was preached, even to those who are now dead. This is one of the reasons why the gospel still still getting preached. It got preached to individuals years ago that died, ended up going to hell. And this is still why the gospel is being preached to some of you all out there under the sound of my voice right today, even though you're not, you're not saved. Even though you, you may not accept it, God's still preaching. God's still sending his apostles and his prophets. Because he wants, you, he wants men without excuse. And we're going to be without excuse because God has sent his word. It would be different if God hadn't said anything to us. It'd be different if God didn't send his apostles. It'd be different if he didn't send his spokesmen, his spokeswomen to, 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 to speak his word. For this is the reason the gospel was now preached even to those who are now dead, so that they might be judged according to men in regard to the body, but live according to God in regard to the spirit. God wants you and I to live according to his spirit. That's why, that's why he keep talking like this. He won't. Now, what is, what is his spirit? What is his spirit doing inside of you and doing inside of me? He, his spirit is always telling us the right thing. Now, we don't always listen to him. Come on now. Listen. You know? You're not going to find a, a, a child that has always listened to their parents, even in the natural. And you may have some good sons, and good, most, most, for the most part, they listen to daddy, they listen to mom. But even, even in the natural, you know, we don't always listen to our parents. And as children of God, we don't always listen to That's the reality, and that's the truth. But that, that's our goal. And that's the goal of good sons and good daughters, to listen to their parents. That's, what, that's basically why, how we know the difference between good children and bad children. Basically, good children, they, 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 they listen. They do like parents ask. Basically, bad children, they don't be trying to listen. They're trying to do their own thing. Well, so it is with, before God. Good, good, good children of God, they be trying to listen to God. They be trying to do like God say. You know, bad children of God, they ain't trying to, you know, or they ain't trying to do what God got to say. They trying to do their own thing. I encourage you to be, to be good son and be good daughters in the natural and in the spiritual. Verse seven. Here's why the end is near. The end is near. Therefore, be clear minded, self-control so that you can pray above all. Love each other deeply. Love each other, children of God. That's, that's the goal of this thing. Ultimately, God wants us to love him with everything we got and to love one another as, uh, uh, you know, very deeply, as, as the scripture says, because that is what it's all about. That's what all the preaching, the teaching, all of the giving, all of it's to, God is trying to move us to a place where we love each other deeply. We've got to prepare ourselves, saints. We're going to spend eternity together. As children of God, we're going to split. That's a long time. We are going to spend eternity together as children of God. So, you know, we got to get things, get things in order. We got a date with the king. We must give an account. Keep in mind, you know, what you're doing, what you're saying, where you're going. But keep in mind that before it's all over with, you're going to stand before your creator. 
I'm going to stand before my creator. We're going to give an account of the deeds that we have done. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we thank you again today for this privilege to be able to study your holy word. Father, we pray that your word will minister in our hearts and our minds just like good medicine. Make it like the elixir, Father, that, that, that brings healing and brings health. Let it be like the balm of Gilead, Father, that, that um, binds us up and strengthens us and encourages us that we may go on in you, that your word may be a light and a lamp to our feet and our pathway, that we may walk uh, in ways that are pleasing in your sight. Again, Father, forgive us of our sins and iniquities that we have grievously committed against you, and uh, we thank you for renewing your mercies this day. Uh, we pray, Father, that someone has been saved today at the preaching and the teaching of your word, and that someone has been edified and encouraged and strengthened uh, at the self-same word. Father, we ask that you do these things for us in the precious name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Amen and amen. Let's get some questions quickly, very quickly. Catch of salvation. What is the catch? What is the catch of salvation? Number two. What does reprobate mean? What does it mean to be reprobate? And then number three, I definitely want to know what they explain dissipation. Explain dissipation. Saints, you can reach us through email at thechristensearchchurch at gmail.com. Check our website at www.ourchurch.com backslash member backslash t backslash tccc. Feel free to join us on TalkShoe, Speedcast, YouTube, and iTunes at 9 and 7 p.m. daily. On TalkShoe, call 724-444-7444 and try D17959. On Speedcast, type in Robert Bryant on YouTube and the Christensearch Church channel. You can see excerpts of Apostle Robert Bryan on YouTube. Donations should be sent by using the donation button on the church website or our talk show homepage. God bless you and have a smile you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank <laughs> you.